Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And you're in for a real treat today because I take things in a little bit different direction, but one that I think is extraordinarily interesting. So, as uh, most of my listeners know, I recently attended a conference called Podcast Expo. And it was really designed precisely for someone like myself, a small podcaster, not a corporate guy, whether you've got multiple podcasts or whether you have one podcast. And the presentations were set up for that. The discussions with attendees were set up for that. But most interestingly, the vendor room was set up for that. And I've been to a lot of events over the years. And the exhibitor hall can have people exhibiting solutions literally for the largest corporation, multi-thousands of dollars, down to a smaller audience market. But this one was targeted directly for me. And I met these guys, Squadcast, and they had a really unique tool. So I thought it'd be cool to have them come on and talk about this innovation that they've created in Squadcast. But in further, turns out that one of the guys you're going to hear about, Rockwell, he's got a bit of an audit CPA background. So that actually works into compliance. So it was really serendipitous for me to meet you guys and then to try out the tool you guys have. So with that incredibly long-winded introduction, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and maybe talk a little bit about your professional background that brought you up to the point where you founded this company. Well, appreciate the opportunity for you having us on the show, Tom. It was a great event for us as well. PodFest is one of the events we can't miss. So glad you enjoyed it. We did as well. So I'm Zach Moreno, the co-founder of Squadcast.fm. And I like to introduce myself as a technologist. And all the work that I do tends to be around trying to trying to see what's possible with technology. And that comes out in presentations and books and products and other stuff that we do. So Rock, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself as well. Thank you, Zach. And again, thank you, Tom. I thought it was a great intro, even if it was a little long-winded, as you said. Thank you. You set us up well. So I'm Rock. I'm the other co-founder and CFO of Squadcast. So, you know, like you said, Tom, my background is CPA and audit. So I'd been doing that for about five years. And I think by the third or fourth year, I was like, okay, this is a good career, a good life, but there's got to be something else. What's next? And you know, little did I know Zach was kind of having the same thing in his web development career. And we'd been friends since high school. And so, you know, we always had kept in touch and, you know, stayed friends, you know, as we went on with our adult lives. But it was pretty awesome to know when he approached me about the idea of Squadcast and realized that we can combine our powers to actually do something that we want to do <laughs> and help people that we want to help. So why don't you guys tell us about what Squadcast is and how you came about, I guess, first of all, how you identified a market need, because I think when people fulfill a market need, that's called capitalism. But more importantly, how were you able to create it and then talk about where you've been able to take it since you founded it? Yeah, so it really came out of, well, firstly, Rock had introduced me to podcast as a listener, and we had enjoyed it from that perspective for years. And it was just always kind of this thing in the back of our minds and my mind that I would use to as an educational resource. Continued education is something that's very important to me. So it just kind of started and stopped there as a listener. And then I got, like Rock said, I got a little bit 
wanted to get outside of my comfort zone with my employment situation and had pursued other creative side projects in the past and thought podcasting would be really cool. And then started to get exposed to this emerging genre of science fiction audio drama within podcasting and was like, well, well, my brother's an audio engineer. I'm a software engineer, kind of web person. And my best friend is a decorated playwright. We should be able to do this. So we just assumed that we would be able to record remotely with each other and capture vocals and studio quality from anywhere. And that turned out to be, you know, not a solved problem. And everybody was recommending tools that were not developed for specifically for audio quality. They're using tools kind of in another way for communication. They were trying to capture the audio from that and the quality suffered. And so we got into this situation where our production value sounded fantastic, except for the vocals, which should be the forefront. So it really came out of that challenge. Because we all lived in different cities, we were forced to record with each other remotely. And we're not happy with the quality there. So that's when we decided to take that on as a challenge and see if we could create something that would give us kind of the best of both worlds, where we could record studio quality audio, but from anywhere on like normal computer and network setups. So it really came out of that. First, we saw it as a problem for the podcast, but then we saw it as an opportunity and pivoted towards creating a platform that would empower podcasters to capture studio quality audio. And really, our goal is to help people sound like they're in the same room when they're not. Rock? Yeah. So, I mean, to just carry that a little bit forward. So they were trying to create their podcast. And then Zach came to me with this idea of like, okay, well, there's really not this like high quality, reliable remote recording solution. And he explained it to me. And it was, you know, so he's kind of pitching me on, do you think this idea sounds good? Is this something that is worth me pursuing and potentially making a business out of? And this had happened a few times with Zach and I, and I think he just wanted some of that financial legal business advice that, you know, maybe I had picked up with, you know, my years at the accounting firm. And so a few times it was like, "Ah, I don't know if that's going to work, Zach, or, you know, maybe, but I just remember thinking like, I know him, that dude is going to do something sooner or later. Like that would be really awesome if I could be a part of that. And so when he approached me about this, you know, I was already stoked because like, I just have a lot of belief in him and, you know, just what he's capable of, because I've seen him set these like audacious goals or tasks for himself and then accomplish them. So it's like, okay, this guy clearly can set goals and accomplish them, whether it seems crazy or not is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> and then because it was in podcasting, for me, it was like, well, I love podcasts. So this is not something I have to like, get passionate about. And so what we did, like do some market research, which involved Google searches, we found out that the podcast there's a lot of podcast Facebook groups that are full of, you know, really passionate bunch of people that, you know, they tell you what they want. They tell you what they think. It's really good for people like us or companies like us to kind of use that as ways to see if that there is a need. And, you know, what was out there just seemed like they were missing on a few things that we felt like we were uniquely qualified to deliver. And so that's that innovative mindset that Zach has where things can always be better. The way that Zach works is like, he says it's not impossible or it probably is possible. Something like that, where it's just a very creative, like why not mindset. And then me of just making sure that like, I've been in customer service or client service pretty much my whole life in some way. And that's an area that I just love. And so that was another big thing is that we're going to treat our people like gold. They're going to love interacting with us, whether it stems from a good or bad thing just always find a way to just continue to wow people. Cause that was a big thing that people, other companies seem to be missing, which is 
mind blowing to me because that's the one thing that we can control is like how we treat people and how we continue to try to have a problem solving mindset. So Zach, you said something I wanted to follow up on. I wrote it down and said, quote, see what's possible, end quote. And as you know, this podcast is entitled Innovation and Compliance. But that sort of thought process, that credo, that even that phrase to live by, it really seems to have driven you to see a need, but actually see it as an opportunity to move forward with a commercial offering. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and that's actually, you know, a phrase that I think of often in a bunch of different areas of my life. And that shows up in Squadcast, that shows up in our podcast between two mics. We explore the challenges and opportunities in podcasting with the people who are really helping push things forward and see what's possible in this emerging medium. Right. So it's definitely how we like to look at things. And it's an exercise in trying to like prove ourselves wrong until we can, you know, say with some kind of high degree of confidence that something will work. So a lot of Squadcasts came out of experimentation and really just trying different things to see how to move the needle really towards quality and still maintain the awesome benefits that come from being able to collaborate from your own home or from a, you know, a remote studio or something along those lines. And because podcasting is a medium born of the internet, you can't assume geographic closeness or proximity, right? So I felt like that was kind of a barrier to helping podcasting writ large scale beyond people's hometown or like personal reach within their geography. So it was just kind of interesting to me. And then also the venture space seemed to have a bias in a particular direction for the podcast industry because of a company that was originally started by the founders of Twitter before Twitter was this company called Odeo. And they had raised a bunch of venture money, tried to do something in podcasting in very early days. And that was largely seen as a failure. So I think it gave us a unique window or technology companies within podcasting a unique window where it was like, okay, all the problems are solved. Podcasting is what it's going to be. And we chose to see it as no, there's a lot of room for opportunity and everybody's looking the other way because the venture guys have been telling them, oh, you know, that's not something we're going to invest in. Because we're a bootstrap startup, we saw that as a kind of a unique window in time where we could build something, you know, new and innovative in an industry that really could benefit from what we provide. So the other thing I wanted that really struck me rather was in reading the blog posts on your site, you have taken customer feedback and directly looped it back into product improvements. So it's certainly one thing to upgrade, continually monitor and use that information in a feedback loop. But it struck me that you guys are actually taking comments from customers from things like the scheduling mechanism that you initially had in place to modifying that based upon not only whether it works, but also ease of use. And I was wondering if you could give a few thoughts on that, because frankly, I found that very innovative as well. Yeah, it stems really from the what Rock was saying about how we choose to interact with people. And podcasting, like he said, is a very vocal group of people because of the nature of the medium. And we really just need to get out of their way and listen to what they're telling us. We did not come into this as veteran OG podcasters. We came into this from wanting to participate in something new. And we knew early on that that was not something that we could fake, that people wouldn't like that. And we had to just kind of lean into the experience of the folks around us that had been podcasting for, you know, 10 plus years, find them, listen to them, get out of the way, and then just build what they need and then continue that cycle over and over. 
the interesting thing is the addition of we have a, a Facebook group for the folks who record on Squadcast. And we actually do this in a couple different Zoom levels is kind of how I think of it, where like on the macro, you saw what's in the blog about Scott Bradley gave us feedback about how the scheduler should be organized and things should be laid out. And we took his feedback along with our own experience and kind of the data that we saw across the population and made some changes. And then we write a blog post about it and, you know, give a shout out to Scott. And I love that. Any opportunity we can to do that. And it makes them feel awesome. It makes us feel awesome. Other people see that and, you know, people want to be heard. So that's where I think it kind of closes that loop. But we also do it on kind of smaller cycles within our Facebook group now that we have that as a resource before we even you know, make changes in the app, we're able to put things in front of people and say, hey, what do you think about this? Give us your feedback and help us inform the direction before we ship it out. And then that way people, when they're using the application, when they're using the platform, they see their fingerprints all over it, you know, and it's just like, okay, this is a direct thing from my feedback or from somebody's feedback that they saw in the group. And that just brings us all closer together and adds a kind of a level of investment into the platform so that we're all kind of getting better together. Yeah, just to add, early on, we had this intuition to be involved with the community. And a lot of companies say that, you know, that they're creative focused or community focused and stuff like that. But, you know, for us, we felt like we actually had to be because of the lack of experience we had as being in the shoes of the people we were serving or hoping to serve. Of course, we were apprehensive and nervous at first as outsiders, worried how we were going to be judged. But we attended local meetups in the you know, San Francisco Bay Area where we're out of. And then based on some of the advice of one of our early advisors was like, you know, you guys got to get in front of your customers, get a like a booth at Podcast Movement, which is like the biggest podcasting conference. And we were still like, it wasn't even a year. The app was barely working the way that we see it now. I don't know if we said this, but we are recording this on Squadcast. So tell us what you think or tell Tom. So, I mean, it was nerve wracking to do that, but we just saw the benefit of getting in front of people and then continuing to show up. I think that's one of the big things that a lot of podcasters have been wary about with new companies is they've seen it before. They've heard it before. You know, this is going to be what podcasters have been looking for. But then, you know, in two years, that company is gone. You know, I mean, we're still young. We're only, this is only our third year, but I think because we are so, we just don't go away. We're going to all these different shows, you know, whether it's as big as podcast movement or one of the smaller ones, as small as our local meetups, which get pretty rowdy in a good way. But like, you know, there's other ones like Outlier, which is started by Ever Gonzalez. That one's growing. The uh, DC Podfest by Jennifer Crawford of Podbean. You know, that one's, a relatively small one in which they want to keep it small and intimate. And so for us, it's just like, let's just be as, you know, everywhere as much as possible. You know, these people will start to make connections with the podcasters and then the people that are, you know, at the business level in podcasting. And, you know, it's just paid off because like Zach said, we just tried to listen. We don't think we have all the answers because we thought we did. And then that got shut down immediately at Podcast Movement. And we learned, okay, we don't know what we know. So let's just make this a science project. We're going all scientific method on this and, you know, we're going to build, we're going to test, we're going to analyze and and we'll iterate accordingly. And and we're not above any of that. And it's been fun because we're putting all these other people on a pedestal, whether it's our podcast or just, hey, turning a support issue into an opportunity to write a blog and say how they helped us. Like, it's awesome. And I don't think we read this anywhere. It just organically, naturally happened. 
we've just been following our intuition about being a very people first company. Cause you know, you kind of have to, like, it's too easy to lose the human connection. This is a remote conversation, right? But we want it to feel like as authentic as possible so that it sounds to your listeners as authentic and as fun as possible. So we're not done yet, but it's really awesome to hear someone like you, Tom, kind of come in, you know, without really knowing us too well. And you got that impression because that's exactly the impression that we're trying to give. So as you guys know, this podcast is called Innovation and Compliance. And actually, you said a number of things that are incredibly significant <laughs> for the compliance practitioner. And I'm just going to kind of go through those because they have struck me as core principles of not only the way to run a business, but actually business leadership. And it starts with number one, which is listening. I do a business leadership podcast, and I've studied that topic a lot. And number one is listening, and you guys are listening. And let me just read this phrase I wrote, get out of their way and listen to what they are telling us. I mean, that is absolutely what every compliance practitioner needs to do is incorporate that feedback from their employees, because it's one thing to be sitting in the corporate office here in the United States. It's quite another to be in West Africa, Central Asia, or in the Far East, where you actually have to implement a compliance solution. So having that, what we would call operationalizing your compliance, or pushing it out to the people who have to do it by listening to them. And then finally, really just absolute brilliance of the blog post, where you credited the person with the idea in the blog post. That is something that unfortunately is not done enough in the corporate world. I know a few compliance officers who do that, when they get an idea that they incorporate into their compliance program and credit it. But I think that is also a way to not only acknowledge the person who has made the suggestion, but frankly, get a lot more feedback because it shows you're willing to listen and you're willing to incorporate those ideas into going forward. So we've got a few minutes left, but I was wondering if you guys might have anything coming out in the rest of the year or where you guys might be in any uh, podcast events this summer that you could tell us about if any of my listeners happen to show up, they could uh, perhaps drop by and say hello. Yeah, we're, like Rock said, we love being in person with the community and then also engaging between those online. So we'll definitely be at Podcast Movement coming up later this year. We're talking about a few other events that we'd like to continue regularly. Like Rock mentioned, DC Podfest, we had the opportunity to engage and present there in Arlington last year. So I'm not 100% sure on what events we have scheduled other than podcast movement. That is for sure happening. But like he said as well, we're really big in our meetups. So if you're in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Podcasters Association and the Oakland Podcasters Meetup Group are fantastic resources. And we frequent those monthly. And there are a ton of world-class podcasters within the Bay Area. So we're very fortunate to just have them kind of at arm's reach and are able to listen to their perspective on a monthly basis. There's also the South Bay Podcasters Meetup, the Sacramento Podcasters Meetup, the LA Podcasters Meetup. We love all of those. So a little bit less frequent there, but we try to be as many places as we can for the community. And I believe that, like I said, is online first and foremost. So squadcast.fm or squadcast.fm on all the social platforms. And we're highly available. So we love to jump into sessions with folks like yourself, Tom, and do a demo session, a practice session, just talk about remote interviews or whatever. There's some, you know, we've had the opportunity now to be exposed to a wide range of 
ways to record remote interviews. And some of those have pros and cons and best practices and all of those things. So I don't like to limit our conversations to just Squadcast, but there are best practices that transcend that just help with remote interviews at large. So hit us up, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And, you know, we'll jump into a session with you. That's the cool part about Squadcast as well is we love to talk to our people on the platform. We talk to each other on the platform. We provide support through the platform. And it's really, really a good time. And all of those are learning opportunities for us to improve. So it's something I don't think enough companies do that. I mean, we're fortunate that it's communication is built into our platform so we can kind of play to some of those strengths. But I do think there's a lot of opportunities for companies to just connect with their people on an ongoing basis. And we certainly see things that way. Right. Yeah. And if anyone who's out there that's a podcaster or thinking about podcasting and is interested in having their remote interview sound better than what they're getting from someone like Skype, check out squadcast.fm. You can start your 14-day free trial. And then we also have some other resources there that, like Zach said, just are general about you know helping you be better with remote interviews. So check it out, squadcast.fm. And we look forward to seeing you there. And so from my end, first of all, we're going to link to your site on the show notes for anybody who might want to check you guys out. But as many of my listeners know, my level of technological sophistication is probably not very high. And even I can use this. So that's the ultimate compliment. But it's a, a really intuitive tool. And if you like the sound on this podcast recording, rather, I'd urge you to check these guys out because they have a great tool. And I didn't mention the price, but I'll only tell you it's very affordable. You're the man. So uh, with that, (laughs) thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much, Tom. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.